Well, the message today is be someone to someone. And as I think about Dennis's story and how reading and hearing his testimony, how that's affected me and I'm sure it's affected you. There's a lot of times the things that we think they're so important in this life aren't what's important. It's our relationship with God and it's our relationship with other people that matter. One of the people that have made a difference in my life is my grandfather. I just talked a little bit about him uh, this morning before I get started. It is that uh, when I was five years old, one of my biggest things that I had to overcome at five years old was I had surgery on my cerebral palsy. And I actually had surgery on it and had a cast. And uh, I had to have a pin through, put through my foot because uh, my foot was so small being five years old that the doctor was concerned that my foot would still move in the cast. So they put a pin through my bone and it went, you know, kind of like Frankenstein. It had these little knobs on the ends of that pin and it was there on the cast and it was a plastered cast. And as I was trying to get back into the couch, I was playing on the floor and tried to get back into the couch uh, one morning. I actually lifted up my foot and we had a kind of a wooden couch. I mean, we had cushions, but it had a wooden side to it. And I hit that pin on the wood part and it was still to this day probably the most painful thing I've experienced is knocking that pin. And I remember my mom calling my grandpa because we had just one vehicle and my grandpa coming and, and picking me up and carrying me and taking me to the doctor. And uh, just, just the compassion that he showed me and the love that he showed me by taking care of me like that to, to just show me that compassion and, and love. And I knew that affected him. I could see tears in his eyes because he didn't want me to have to go through that. And uh, another time, uh, my grandfather, and this story of my kids here all the time, right? You, you remember this story about my almost falling out of the car? Yeah, so. Anyhow, uh, you know, there was one time we were driving on Rayon Drive, and I was probably seven or eight years old, and we were driving, and all of a sudden, we didn't wear seatbelts very well back then. Actually, you would kind of sit a lot of times with my grandparents. They had this armrest in the front seat, and you'd sit on that so you could see better, Right? It, I mean, it was like, you know, but the, didn't think about launching you out the window, I guess. But anyhow, anyhow, those were innocent times back then. But, uh, you know, I was sitting in the back seat. My, evidently, my door wasn't quite shut, and I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, and my door came up, and I was leaning on the door, so I was about ready to fall out, and I was trying so hard to stay up, and I could feel, I could see the road. And my grandfather reached out. Uh, he was sitting in the front seat, uh, driving, actually, and he reached out to save me. And he actually saved my life. I mean, I could have been badly injured at the least, but he saved me. Then at nine years old, my grandfather was the pastor of Gospel Mission Church on 14th Avenue in Parkersburg. And one night he was preaching, and I felt God's Spirit just convicted me during that message. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior that night. And so my grandfather played a big part I was even thinking about this morning, I didn't share it this first service, but I was even thinking about how my grandpa used to work on lawnmowers in the backyard and help people by working on their lawnmowers. Now, that, that didn't really help me. I had a plastic lawnmower that I'd flip over and work on it, so I didn't really gain much knowledge. There was a little bit of difference between the mowers, but if you have a plastic mower, I'm going to be able to fix it for you. I don't know. 
a real mower, you might want to find somebody else. But, but anyhow, the idea is that people matter. You matter. Your life matters. Other people's lives matter. And we, we can talk about this, and I, I preached a message not too long ago about this. But as we dive into this about being someone to someone else, I want us to look at Galatians chapter 6. And the reason why I want to look at Galatians is because they were dealing with a lot of things. There was division between them. There was confusion. They were so focused on fighting this battle with circumcision or not to be circumcised or to be circumcised. And, you know, Paul just wanted to make it clear that we're here to help each other, not to, you know, have these battles and fights and, and, and disagreements, but, but to work together in love and not to judge other people, not to put other people down. And so here we find in Galatians chapter 6 as he wraps up really his argument for being the way that they were being and helping them to understand clearly what they need to be doing and how they need to live, he shares these thoughts. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who lived by the Spirit should restore them gently. But watch yourselves or that you also may be tempted. The first thing I want to point out is that I find it very interesting that Paul starts off by being an influence in people's lives. He starts off with a very touch, touchy subject, right? To, you, you need to help someone that's been caught in a sin and to restore them. That's not an easy task, right? That's probably the one area we don't really want to help people, right? We kind of shy away from having those tough conversations. I read a book, it's by uh, Kelly Patterson, it's called Critical Conversations. There's times where you have to have conversations with people that you don't really want to have, but they're crucial. They're important conversations that need to take place so that you can help that person or help uh, that situation out. A lot of times we just run the other way, don't we? We don't want to have that conversation. But the other part here that I find very interesting is that it says restore. And why that is so important. Because it's not something like you just come in and have a conversation. Oh, we're good now. My job is done. We've we've done what we needed to do. Uh, The refuge ministry is called Rescue, Restore, and Rejoice. And and Restore, I remember when we started Restore and we talked about it, we brought in a chair. It was beat up and abused and just worn out. And we took the time over a course of a month to sand that chair down, to make putty in it and restore it. It wasn't an easy process. And actually we had some help. So we had the teens sometimes come in. They would do a little bit of work. They would sand it one night, maybe do a little bit of stuff. Then it went somewhere else and got more work done to it, right? <laughs> and then we'd bring it again the next week. And actually we had some nice help with that. It was a neat project. But it didn't happen overnight. So if we're going to help somebody recover from some things that have happened in their life, some decisions that they have made that were wrong, or things that they had done that they knew was wrong and we're helping them, it's not just a one conversation type of thing that we should do. We should actually work with them to restore them back. So in other words, you can't just have a one-time, it's me coming alongside somebody, walking with them during that period of time, and helping them, encouraging them, being for them, and helping them to get on track where they need to go. So restore that person, and it says gently. How many times do we actually, you know, kind of 
you know, kind of blurt out things, and we may say things, or we, sometimes we make comments of truth, and we try to do it in a funny way, which is not really helpful because it's confusing sometimes to people. People need to hear things straight. Instead of you kind of, bush, you know, kind of working your way around the problem, you need to just make a straight line and just address the problem right away rather than trying to, oh, I, I told him, I told him. I mean, I went around about it, but I told them. No, you need to go straight to them and talk to them directly so that you can, they can fully understand what you're talking about instead of, you know, what do we call that, beating around the bush? We actually need to go to that person and talk to them. But it also says here in that verse, as we think about restoring them gently, that we also need to watch ourselves. Now, a lot of times we think of this and we read this as thinking about, and I think it's true, that if they're in a sin and we try to help them, we may be pulled down too, right? I think that's very valid. But I want you to cause you to think a little bit today, another, another thought. Is what if you start thinking you're the one that's going to help them? You get a little arrogant thinking you're going to solve all their problems. You're the one with the answer. You start getting a little pride in yourself and you start thinking you're better and that they're, you know, need you. And then you lead to a sinning yourself because you're trying to be this upper person rather than walking alongside them, you're kind of looking down upon them from somewhere up higher instead of walking side by side, helping them and encouraging them. Galatians 6, verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't it, isn't it just a blessing when we have people around us that carry a heavy load sometimes that we're carrying? I mean, isn't it, isn't it great when somebody just, even, even sometimes they don't even have to say the right words to help carry that burden, but they just know, and they kind of listen, or they're there, they have a ministry of presence, which is just being there in that moment where you're feeling this huge weight on your life. During my dad's trial, one of my friends, Dale Myers, he was just there at the trial when I testified against my dad, and really throughout the whole trial that I had to do that, uh, he was there just to support me and my family. And it was just a great encouragement. He didn't have a lot of words to say, but he was just there in a ministry of presence, just being there. He couldn't take my load, but he was just there showing compassion to help carry things. Little things matter when you have a heavy burden. Little things that someone does for you can make a big difference when you feel the weight and the pressure of things in your life. And by carrying that load, it can just let them know that they're not alone, that they're cared about, that they're valued, that they're appreciated. And what does it say here? It says, fulfill the law of Christ. What is he talking about here? Paul is referring to this, to love your neighbor as yourself. And by carrying a load, by helping people carry their load, by encouraging people and helping them through their walk and through the difficulties in life, we're able to help encourage them and be there for them. And in doing so, we're fulfilling what Christ has commanded us to do, to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're carrying that out. We're showing that that is not just words, but it's actuality, what we live out in our faith, that we show that. We demonstrate that to everyone around us. So carry others' burdens. It's not just about your life. It's about how you can be an impact in so many others. The world teaches us, go and do your own thing. Go do what you want to do. Go do these things that you want to be about. Instead of really teaching us and showing us, it's about helping others. 
It's about sharing and helping others to be, be that person in someone's life. Verse 3, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. How many times do we deceive ourselves thinking, and I even want to share this with the people that, that sometimes we think we can handle it, right? Oh, I don't need help. I know all the answers. I can do that. I can just take care of this problem. No big deal. How many of us have fallen into that trap ourselves thinking we can handle it? And we deceive ourselves. And we think we can take care of it. We need to allow other people to help us out, to encourage us, to be there for us, to support us. One of the biggest things I, 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 the misunderstanding I had in ministry when I first started was I wanted to be the guy that was like, you respected the youth pastor and you thought he was cool and you thought he was good and, and he was able to do all these great things. And I was like, what am I doing? It's crazy. Because I was, I was missing out what God had really given me the opportunity to do and that was involve other people. That was giving other people opportunity. And so many times we rob people of an opportunity to serve us and make a difference in our lives because we think we can handle it all. We think we're something that we're not. We need to really be humble and stop deceiving ourselves but accept what is true and what is real, what, is, what we really are. Verse 4 and 5, it says... Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. And so reading this and and talking about this, we need to test our own actions. Why am I doing the things I do? Why am I doing this? Why do I do ministry? Is it for me to look good? Is it to, to me to make a name for myself? Is that why I do the things I do? Is that why Mark does what he does? Really, to be a ministry, you really need to understand that it, 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 there has to be a call to it. And we do it because we love Jesus and we want to serve others. You know, me and Adam have kind of tinkered with a little show called Lead Me and doing leadership stuff on Facebook. And, you know, I do this little segment called The, 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 the One that's out there somewhere. The one person that watches our video and learns about leadership. That's all that matters to me. Don't let me get into the starfish story, okay? I, that's a, see, Christy's back there. like, just, oh, no, no, please don't. But anyhow, one person matters, right? One person. And if it inspires one person to think differently about leadership and to see the potential that they can have in themselves to make a difference in this world, it's worth it. Because the one does matter. Every one of you matter. And what you do in this life matters. And it doesn't matter how many people. It doesn't matter how many views. It matters that you make a difference. That there's an attempt to invest in someone else. And so make sure you examine the reasons. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to help people? Why do I want to? It's to bring them closer to Christ, right? It's to help them carry their load. It's to to make an impact in that one, in that one person that you're caring about. And, you know, in this day and age, it's so easy to compare yourself. We talk about Facebook, but just think about how easy it is to conform to the world. There used to be a show called uh, Candid Camera, right? 
an old show. And there was this old video, a footage you can probably find on YouTube, of, of just this one experiment. They had an elevator set up, and they were using this elevator, and they had their actors all face the back of the elevator. So everybody's just looking at the back of the elevator. So they had maybe four or five people in there. And they had this one guy, just doesn't know. Open, the elevator opens up, he walks in, he's trying to look straight ahead. And then all of a sudden, he's facing the back of the elevator. Why? Because it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable not to conform. But it's in that uncomfortability that we can make the greatest impact. We show a different way. We're not going to go as the world goes. We're setting our eyes focused on the right thing. And when you know the truth, you know the truth. You don't need, you don't need a bunch of people supporting your thought. Jesus spoke with clarity and a lot of times with such power because he knew, he knew the truth. He wasn't afraid of the truth. And so he, he spoke with great authority because he spoke with truth. He wasn't comparing himself to other people. And what does this mean to, to carry each other's, you know, we should carry each other's load, but it's also saying here in this verse, verse 5, it says, should carry their own load. In other means, I need to do my part. I, don't, I need to do my part. I need to answer the call that God has given me on my life. I need to impact the people that God has put in my path. If each of us, think about this, if we do the math, if everyone is helping each other carry their own load, then no one's carrying their load by themselves. We're doing our part. We should be carrying our own load. We should be that oxen that Jesus talks about, that unequal yoke that, that Jesus is talking about. Take my yoke upon you. When we find out that we have help, we have encouragement, we have someone there for us. Test your own actions. Galatians 6, verse 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instructions in the world should share all good things with their instructor. At first when I read this, I was like, I don't really, you know, if I was going to make a point, 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 I really didn't quite understand this one at first. Like, like this seems backwards to me. Well, actually, it really seems backwards because I don't really want to confront people about their sin. I don't want to go and say, hey, you know, I, I noticed that and I, I'm here to help you. I love you. How can I bring you back? How can I help you? But here's what this is really, and I think that the heart of this is this. And I've had the opportunity, talking about my grandfather, that I remember... He had some different strokes, so I really didn't get to talk to him about ministry, but I had the opportunity just to thank him. He was at my house when I lived in Merrill Wells when I was a teenager, and I remember us taking a walk. He just used to, he loved to just take walks with this cane. He would just walk, and he wouldn't get, you know, he wouldn't go too far, but he would just take a walk, and, and we'd just slowly walk. And I went out with him one time, and it just, God gave me the opportunity just to share the difference he made in my life and how he just, just inspired me and encouraged me to follow Christ. And I'm so thankful I had that opportunity to share with him. 
I don't know why we want to wait till funerals to talk about how good somebody is. I think we need to share what they mean to us now. And why is that? Why is Paul saying this is such a huge deal? Why is this so huge? Because I think for me, sharing that with my grandfather, it helped me keep things in perspective. It helped me to understand what's important. That him making a difference in me is now my call. Him instructing me and teaching me to how to live to be a Christ follower was something now I wanted to pass on to someone else. So I think part of the reason we need to share these good things with the ones that have taught us, the ones who have led us, it helps us keep in perspective of what it's important, why it's important, why we need to do this, why we are motivated to do this, to make an impact in someone else's life. Share all good things. We need to share these things with the people that have made a difference in our life. And, you know, I know uh, Pastor Mark's going to be recognized here in a little bit, but I, I so much appreciate him. You know, I came from a church that was, had some real problems, a small church I was pastor of. It didn't work out so well. But he believed in me, helped me have an opportunity here. And these past 13 years that we worked together, it's been a great healing for me. And a great experience for, for my life. So I want to thank him personally for investing in me and, and giving me an opportunity to grow and heal and, and allow me to be here. There's so many other people here that have encouraged me and helped me. And I just want to thank each one of you. And I want to thank God for what he's done in the life of Porterfield. But I also want to tell you that each life you encounter is worth it. My wife last night had an opportunity. I won't go into too many details, but there was just a worker at Walmart that she met. And she just took the time to listen to her, let her know that she was praying for her. We never know what that, what that difference can make. But that's what we have to trust God with. Because God can take that and use it to make a, plant a seed, plant a foundation there. For it to grow. You never know who you're ministering to. You never know who you're impacting. Let us take the time. Let us take the opportunity. And I know restore seems so hard and so difficult sometimes. But it's these things that we do that we invest in people. Because people matter. You know, in my time, I've made some crazy videos in youth ministry. Had some crazy games that we've done. Don't talk about ranch dressing because some of the teens don't like that. That's a scar on their life. But all the programs, all the retreats, all the camps, all these other things that we do are good and great. What matters is people. People matter. Activities give you a chance to interact, but it's the people that are your greatest resource. It's you making an investment in someone's life to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for everything that you do. I thank you for Pastor Mark. I thank you for this church body. I thank you for the good that we do. 
And as I mentioned at the early service, seeing life groups and small groups engaged and helping each other carry their loads and being there for each other, it just speaks to how we need to to get smaller at times and be a part of something so that we can be engaged and be encouraged and be helped when we need help. But it also is an opportunity for us to help others, for us to make an impact in someone else's life. Help us to take advantage of those opportunities. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here at Porterfield. Be with us and just continue to guide and direct this church. Thank you for it. And I pray you just to continue to help us to impact people for you. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus. Amen.